Two players on the Denver Broncos offensive side of the ball left practice on Tuesday, did not return. Is there any concern that they're going to miss any time? Well, you'll get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news content, coverage, analysis, and more. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Join alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Some injuries popped up during Tuesday's practice, just 72 hours before the Broncos take on the Arizona Cardinals in their preseason opener. Is there any concern about these injuries? Was was there anything that you should be worried about if you're a Broncos fan? We don't quite know the severity on some of these things, but we're going to dive deep into that. But, uh, Terry had two offensive players and two guys that, you, you know, when you look at their role, you look at their projection, impact players for the Broncos went down in Tuesday's practice during the nine on seven period and the one on one period, respectively. Yeah, starting with Brandon Johnson, right? Obviously stepping up after Tim Patrick's injury after the Broncos decided. Obviously, he wasn't out there on the practice field, but KJ Hamler, certainly a factor at that position group. And Brandon Johnson is the guy who's kind of been emerging, but Left practice today, Cody. It sounds like he's going to be okay, though. Doesn't sound like it's any anything similar to last year. Remember in the preseason, that final preseason game, he, he had the high ankle sprain, caused him to actually kind of ruined the momentum that he had built up to that point where it looked like he was primed for a role in the offense all year long. Then that kind of derailed things there at the end of the preseason. So Brandon Johnson sounds like he's going to be okay and really – that's great news because the Broncos, they don't really need much more injury news at the wide receiver position right now. Uh, that would be a massive blow to them to lose anybody else. And with Brandon Johnson really having a great offseason, though, Sarah, fantastic offseason for him. Now, here's he stayed down for a little bit. He was looking at, you know, he's looked at by the trainers here. He got up on his feet and there were times where he was, you know, walked off under his own power, which is always a good sign there. But then he was trying to do some running, some planning and some cutting and then the trainers took him inside. He never came back out. So obviously Mike Kliss recently reporting that he is expected to be fine. So that is a breath of fresh air here in the meantime. We'll see if there's any delay in terms of maybe him coming back on the field. Will he be back during Wednesday's practice? We we don't know. We'll keep an eye on that. But another key player left as well. We don't know what the injury was. We're imagining it's a lower extremity injury based on the evaluation of what we saw there. But Right tackle Mike McGlinchey during the Broncos group nine on seven period where they really run. And it's about offense versus defense, physicality on the line, the linebackers and the defensive line. He came up hobbled a little bit, you know, was being looked at by trainers and then eventually walked off with the trainers and did not return to practice. So, you know what that meant for the Broncos offense throughout the rest of practice? That meant that they didn't have Garrett Bowles, who had a veterans day off on this day and they lost Mike McGlinch. So they lost their two starting tackles. They didn't have them available during Tuesday's practice, which means Cam Fleming, Isaiah Prince, they got a lot of work with the first team unit. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. And we'll talk about that a little bit on today's episode of lockdown Broncos, but let's say Brandon Johnson were to miss any time there. In your opinion, who do you want to see step up 
in his role with that injury, considering the depth and considering where things are at. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more from Jalen Virgil, right? We haven't heard a ton from him up until, I guess, Tuesday's practice where he was making some plays. So I'd love to hear more about him and or guess kind of see him or hear about him stepping up in practices. Certainly, you would love to hear more from Marvin Mims as well, who the second round pick, the Broncos top pick in the 2023 NFL draft. He's a guy that obviously now he's going to be counted on with no Hamler, no Tim Patrick. We'll kind of see what the rotation looks like. But I think other than those two guys, you certainly want to be hearing from the former Saints, Marquez Calloway. I would I would hope at this point that he's kind of ascended to higher than where he's at. It really felt like coming in, he was kind of a solidified wide receiver four, wide receiver three if you need him based on what he did in 2021. We haven't really heard that he's that kind of a, guy out there at practice just yet Cody so that's another guy Kendall Hinton as well came off the PUP pretty early in training camp I would say and now he's starting to make some more plays so there's a lot of guys out there for the Broncos that they've played regular season snaps for this team or another team they need to start stepping up and proving that they can be on this 53-man roster and I would say Marquez Calloway has had a pretty solid training camp I mean he's been working in I mean a, a variety you can look at Starters, second stringers, third string guys, perceivably. All these guys have been working with the first, second, third team units, rotating and getting different looks. And Marquez Calloway has been catching passes from Ben DiNucci, Russell Wilson, Jared Stidham. It's good to have that kind of balance across the board there because I think that's exactly what Denver's going to roll with in the regular season is having three quarterbacks here. But you really need a guy to step out at the wide receiver position, not named Cortland Sutton, not named Jerry Judy. Brandon Johnson's been doing that in practice can he continue that in games? I think that's obviously a big factor there. But then Marquez Calloway does have that regular season experience. So ideally, he's the perfect guy to, to kind of fit and step up. And he did do that. And there are some other things that we'll talk about a little bit later on here in today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, to give a little bit more credence to that thought there. But in terms of Mike McGlinchey, right now, you and I have said it. I think we've talked about it on the show several times here. But if the Broncos were to suffer any loss of a starter to an injury offensive tackle, I think that's where you and I have both expressed a little bit of concern. Can Cam Fleming step up and, and be productive in that role? Despite, you know, he started 15 games last year, but it's a little bit different. This is a different season. It's a new year. There are new challenges. It's a new offensive scheme. What about Isaiah Prince, who has former starting experience as well with the Cincinnati Bengals, the year they made it to the Super Bowl? You want to see these guys step up if their name is called upon and do just that. And I will say that, hey, during practice on Tuesday, we got a little bit of a glimpse in that, and obviously we're going to dedicate the next segment of this show really to talking about the more important, crucial period that we saw during camp on Tuesday in front of all the fans in Dove Valley. But I think that you have to keep all these things in mind, Sarah, when you're looking at these positions that are already banged up. I mean, you mentioned Marvin Mims. Mims himself is still freshly coming off of a hamstring injury, so you need other guys like Jalen Virgil, Montreal Washington, and others to step up. I think it's super important to highlight these names here because it is a loaded receiver room and if someone goes down it is time for your number to be called up you got to step up and you got to make some plays the broncos are going to get an extended look at a lot of different guys starting on friday right preseason is exactly what that's for you're going to get 100 or so snaps to really show on both sides of the ball the kind of depth your roster has and offensive tackle is something that we've kind of discussed uh really being eager to see 
over the course of the preseason, you've got all these hungry pass rushers from other teams that are trying to make a roster as well. How do your tackles respond to that? The Broncos will get a look at Cam Fleming. We'll get a look at Isaiah Prince. We'll get a look at all these other guys that they have and get to see what they can do with extended reps. What happens if Mike McGlinchey misses time or Garrett Bowles, who was injured last year? It doesn't sound like Mike's had the greatest training camp anyway. So, I, I mean, this is something that you want to have strong depth at this position group, and you need guys to be able to step up. We know Cam Fleming... He can play. He can go out there, and he's serviceable at that position. But Mike McGlinchey, it's not his fault the Broncos are cursed, Cody, at right tackle these last handful of years. But certainly, you want him to end the curse. So, like, we don't want to have to be talking about Cam Fleming or Isaiah Prince playing extended snaps. We would love to see them do well in the preseason. would love to see them do well when given opportunities at camp. But you want Mike McGlinchey to be the guy at that position for the next five years like he signed on to be. So that is obviously his camp up to this point. Our our condolences to him for, you know, losing a a family member or a close friend or whatever that was early in camp, missing those days. Coming back, though, what is what does this look like for him? Is he is he okay? You know, is he going to be okay? Those are big question marks, I think, for the Broncos upcoming here as we approach the preseason week number one. And I, and I would say too, the Broncos have done a terrific job of providing athletes with different, you know, connecting them to different resources in house, out of house, whatever it may be. That's a big thing for Kerry Walton Penner. And I think that they've done everything that they can to provide more support. And it's, it's ongoing. There's things that we probably don't even know about, but I do say that McGlinchey has a ton of support behind him. Hopefully the injury isn't something that's serious. We'll find out more probably from Sean Payton on Wednesday as we get through practice for day 13 of Denver Broncos training camp. But what was one of the more important things we saw during Tuesday's practice? Well, Russell Wilson in the offense once again leading the team downfield and scoring in a pivotal drive as the Broncos offense continues to gather momentum going into the first preseason game. We'll dive deep into that in today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means. Not only does NFL preseason start in the buildup for the NFL regular season, but it's also the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers. There's no trades. And Underdog, they set your best lineup every single week. So you don't have to worry about that. For me, every time I play fantasy, Football, I sometimes forget to set my lineups. Well, Underdog Fantasy has you covered. They'll set your best lineup for you so you never miss out on the action. So try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. It's the largest fantasy football contest of all time, and it's back, and it's even bigger with $15 million of total prizes that are up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to whoever wins it. And last year, the winner, they drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. Russell Wilson keeps on stacking the days out there at Denver Broncos training camp, and it sounds like he's getting a lot of his teammates involved in the offensive goodness that's going on. We're going to talk about all that and what Cody saw out there at Denver Broncos training camp on Tuesday. But before we do that, we want to say a huge shout out and a huge thank you to every single one of you that makes Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, 
wherever and however you listen to podcasts. We greatly appreciate every single one of you. If we're joining you on your commute to work, if we're joining you on the treadmill or as you shop for groceries, or maybe you're sitting on the couch, you're watching us on YouTube, whatever or however, where, whenever you listen, we're so grateful for you that you're part of this community, that you take the time to engage, that you take the time to watch and listen. We're so proud to be part of this together with you in Broncos country. Mile high salute to every single one of you. Cody, tell us what we need to know about Russell Wilson. Obviously, we know that he and Sierra are expecting again, and we don't know exactly the due date. You know, I, I guess I don't know why we needed to know that. That was a question so that was wild. posed, but it's, I don't it's, get uh, it. It's, it's a little strange, I guess, you know, if you've got a wife who's had a child out there, maybe have her go take a guess for it if you're really that curious. But needless to say, on the field, Cody, Russell Wilson and the offense looking very good these last handful of days, getting people excited. And I think that's a huge storyline to follow right now. Talk to us about what you saw out there on Tuesday. Why was the offense looking good? Why are people getting so excited right now? Just another clean day for the offense. And look, the defense had moments where they they showcased some pressure. They made a couple of plays. But in, in one of the periods, a simulated football period that matters most. I mean, Denver, for the most part, third down, they were efficient today. Red zone efficient. But then they did at the end of practice, a, a two-minute drill. One minute, 40 seconds left on the clock. You have two timeouts. And you have to go 75 yards because you need a touchdown. You're down 6 nothing, and you need to score. And here's a, a kicker about it all. Russell Wilson, the Broncos offense. We mentioned the injuries that happened. Mike McGlinchey in practice, obviously not in there during these reps. Garrett Bowles, vet day off. That means that the Broncos' two starting offensive tackles were not out there during this move the ball period. You lose Brandon Johnson, who's obviously been a big part of the offense so far early on in camp. Well, didn't matter at this point for Russell Wilson, who was decisive, and he had a near-perfect game-winning drive that he orchestrated there in terms of a passing standpoint. Now, the very first play of what we saw, and this is is great. You saw Russ connecting a little bit deep downfield, the right sideline to second-round rookie pick Marvin Mims, who caught the ball with tightly contested coverage on him, was able to get up. And then we're seeing some of the things that the Broncos have been working on. Like Sean Payton said, hey, you catch the – you know, we're driving two-minute. Catch the ball. If you get a first down – Get it set and let's get up to the line of scrimmage. Let's keep going. And that's exactly what they did. Russ got to the line of scrimmage. And then on the next play, he connected with Greg Dulcich and moved the chains for yet another first down there. You love to see that. And then you started getting contributions from other guys that you necessarily haven't had their name called with the first team offense. Jalen Virgil getting involved, catching a pass that would help move the chains here once again for the Broncos office. Now they're inside the red zone. And look, you just see Cortland Sutton make a couple of catches, including a touchdown with about 20 seconds left on the clock here. And that would have gave the Broncos obviously a lead late in a real game situation, but it's just a methodical drive by Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense. And Sarah, I think it's a perfect opportunity for me to nitpick right here, not nitpick what had happened here, but nitpick some of the narratives that we are seeing from other media outlets or nitpicking certain things that fans are bringing up. Like we had a couple of comments on yesterday's episode of the show that said, oh, well, ironically, since Justin Simmons hasn't practiced, Russell Wilson has looked good. Correlation is not causation. And I can tell you because I've been at every single practice, Justin Simmons missed obviously Tuesdays and he missed Monday's practice. He was still there for Saturday's practice. He was there for Friday's practice when the offense really started getting going. So I don't want to hear that. Like, I, I think it's just so lazy. And, and I don't understand the narratives when it comes to Russell Wilson, because no matter what he does here, he cannot win uh, with certain fans here. If the Broncos struggle, if he struggles in practice, 
he gets torn apart. If he has success in practice, well, it's because Justin Simmons isn't practicing. And look, Justin Simmons is a damn good player. But they still have Patrick Sertan, Damari Mathis. They still have Caden Stearns. They have their starting linebackers. They have their starting defensive line, starting pass rush. Still a pretty damn good defense. And so it's like, why is it that when it comes to Russell Wilson, the offense having success, the goalposts have to move? I don't understand it. And I'll even say that's why I mentioned this offense with Russell Wilson against the pass rush that we have seen from Denver, the defensively, they didn't have Garrett Bowles, Mike McGlinchey. They had Isaiah Prince and Cam Fleming out there. So if, if we're going to move the goalposts, at least let's be consistent about it. To me, I wanted to vent about that because that's been something that just, I read it in a comment or on a tweet. And it just frustrates me because it, it makes no sense and you can't connect the dots on those things. Right. If the Broncos are getting the ball over the goal line, we don't care where you want to move the goalposts, I guess. That's kind of just, it becomes white noise. If the offense is having success right now after averaging less than 17 points per game last year, one of the worst offenses in league history, certainly in recent league history, if the offense is doing well at practice, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that and put it in my back pocket right now, Cody, because the Broncos offense, there hasn't been much to celebrate Recently, I love hearing a couple things from what you just described. Love hearing Cortland Sutton once again making plays. He's having a huge training camp. We need to continue. If you if you listen closely, you can hear the Cortland Sutton hype train chugging along, getting louder and louder, getting closer and closer to the regular season here. Sutton's having a great camp. Jalen Virgil, you mentioned him. I, I what I really like about the situational stuff that we're hearing from Sean Payton and the and the practices in recent days and the inclusion of all these different guys, you're giving young players an opportunity to prove what they can do when there's something at stake. Yes, there's going to be preseason games and the lights are going to be on and it's going to be a game setting, but you you simulate those things as well in practice. And I would say maybe maybe they put more stock into the practices because it's more consistent basis than these games where you can have a guy popping off there for a week or, or two instead of you know just a consistent daily thing at practice. So they're getting guys like Jalen Virgil. We've heard about Kendall Hinton. We've heard about Brandon Johnson. You hear about Gotta even throw Montrell Taylor in there for you. Montrell Washington also having a very good camp right now. You throw these guys into situations where they have to make a play in a clutch situation. You simulate that in practice. Now your coaching staff really has something to evaluate. And you coach it up in practice, it makes it more likely to happen in a game. I mean, that that there's a the thing you 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 play how you practice, and I think that Sean Payton has had really good command of the operation here with the Broncos, and it's going to lead to some other things as well. As we heard from, we didn't get to hear from Sean Payton following Tuesday's practice, but we got to hear from coordinators. We got to hear from Vance Joseph, offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into what they had to say, including. Vance Joseph giving some high praise to a specific Broncos special teams ace and maybe an impacted role on defense. You'll get that on today's episode of Locked On Broncos. Real quick, make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL podcast for your second listen of the day. You can watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast completely free as the NFL season is fast approaching. Preseason kicks off this week. Locked On NFL has you covered with the biggest stories around the NFL from the local experts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. After not hearing from Broncos head coach Sean Payton, following Tuesday's practice, Broncos media and fans got to hear a little bit from the coordinators. Offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, special teams coordinator Ben Kotwika, and you get a lot of insight from these guys. And, and I think it's a nice little change of pace because 
you get to hear from their perspective as a coordinator. You know, when we hear from Sean Payton, it's, it's bigger picture thinking because it's to think about every element of the roster here. Whereas you get these guys in their specific element, you get a little bit more insight on, on certain players or certain things that they are doing well. So first off, let's start off with defensive coordinator Vance Joseph back at the podium here once again. Said it feels like home being in front of the podium here in Denver. A lot of familiar faces, as he said, here with the Broncos media. But one thing he was asked was he was asked about P.J. Locke. And, and as you and I have talked about here on the show, P.J. has been very instrumental for what the Broncos have wanted to accomplish on off, I mean, not, not on offense, on defense and on special teams. He's been their best special teams player. Vance Joseph said he's actually got a pretty good chance at making an impact at safety this season and is highly in the mix for that safety three spot. Here's what Vance Joseph had to say on Tuesday. I've seen with him from the spring to now major growth. I mean, he's he's a mature guy. You know, right now he's he's in the mix to be our third safety, some dime, some nickel stuff, and he's earning it. You know, I mean, you watch him play last year. He's a guy that plays close to the ball with aggression. He could play in the center field. He could play half. So he's a perfect three or four safety for us who can help us at nickel and dime. More competition there for Kareem Jackson right now, Cody, as it sounds like Caden Stearns is in there in the starting lineup with Justin Simmons. And look, Sean Payton has said it many times. You have a clear vision for the players that are on your roster, of course. And the Broncos deliberately brought back P.J. Locke. This wasn't a situation where, you know, he was an exclusive rights free agent or or they had, you know, they, he, he was just under contract already. They brought him back. They want they want him on this team. They saw the value that he brought to the table. And we saw it early last season as well. That San Francisco game when he made arguably the play of the game. Right. So it's just a, a another piece of this competition here that PJ Locke brings a little something different to the table. Obviously, we've discussed on this show in the past. If you didn't know, he was a nickel at Texas, right, where he played his college ball before transitioning to safety coming into the NFL and we've seen him be able to make plays on the ball. We've seen his hard-hitting style. We've seen his abilities on special teams. Could be leading to a very interesting situation here with Kareem Jackson. Well, let's talk about it here, too, because if you have to build a roster, right? And I still think Kareem Jackson, I think he has a ton of value to what the team still wants to do. Not only just from a leadership standpoint in the locker room, he could still play. Like He played 100% of the defensive snaps last year, but... At this point, with P.J. being as involved as he is on special teams, and I, I think he's becoming one of Mike Westhoff's favorite guys to coach up there alongside with Ben Kotwika. But the thing we have to ask here is, is there a spot on the roster for Kareem Jackson if P.J.'s playing a big role on special teams and also playing in that rotation role on the defensive side of the ball? And then you factor in, you got young guys like DeLarian Turner-Yale and J.L. Skinner, who more than likely are going to factor in on special teams. Kareem's not playing any special teams. So... To me, I look at it from a roster standpoint, and I, I, I think Kareem's spot, he's going to have to have a good preseason, but I think it is a little bit at risk here. Yeah, I would have to say so, right? I mean, exactly for the reasons you just mentioned. We, we talk about this in the lead up to training camp safety, one of the deepest position groups on the team, right? So it's a situation now where you're and not that you're rooting against. If you're Kareem Jackson, those young guys, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. The Broncos obviously want him to be a great mentor to those young players, but also now we're talking about, are those guys going to come and steal his job? Is his spot even guaranteed? And we, we know when he was signed that the, there wasn't much of a guarantee coming with that signing back. So 
it is a situation worth monitoring. I mean, if the Broncos have those young guys ready to play in the regular season and you feel confident enough to maybe let go of a guy like Kareem Jackson, I suppose that's a decision that you've got. It's, it'd be remember when the Broncos let go of TJ Ward. That was a really tough day for Broncos country yeah. because he had brought so much to the team. But every good thing does ultimately come to an end. And and really, that could be it for Kareem Jackson. So like you said, we'll have to see preseason. Can he have a big preseason? He's at that point right now, even as a big-time veteran player and leader in the locker room. I'm very curious to see how the safety depth now plays out with you know this development and this kind of trend of what we've been seeing so far. Uh, but that leads us kind of to our next point as well. You know, shifting gears from the defensive side to the offensive side, we got to hear from Joe Lombardi. And one of the things I asked him, because I, I think it's important, I think for the Broncos this season, I think that their guard center play is going to be the most crucial thing in terms of determining whether or not they have success on offense this season with Quinn Miners, Ben Powers, Lloyd Cushenberry. I asked Joe Lombardi about those guys on the interior offensive line. He had a lot of high praise to throw out there about the Broncos IOL and the guard play. Yeah, I mean, those two guards are really strong. And, um, you know, they I think they do a good job of just consistently winning the line of scrimmage and denting the line of scrimmage. You know, our, our inside runs, for the most part, there's a lot of room for the running backs in there. So just the strength that they have. Um, again, smart guys that just just throwbacks, you know, that love football and are tough and are just in there every play. And, um, you know, the strength in the run game is obviously an asset. And then their ability to hold the line of scrimmage in the pass game and not get pushed back you know those are huge for us so um, two guys we're really encouraged with absolutely love to hear it don't you cody i mean not getting pushed back in the passing game this throwback style we know that those guys bring that to the table especially after listening to them both meet the media over the course of the last couple months namely obviously we're talking about ben powers and quinn miners here but those guys are big they're strong they're smart they love the game that's what you need at the offensive guard position, which has been historically very, very crucial to Sean Payton. He's discussed that throughout the course of the offseason. So having Ben Powers, having Quinn Miners, especially at the level to which they are playing right now, which is as of last season, we on this show would have considered Quinn Miners to be arguably the Broncos best O-lineman. Ben Powers did not give up a sack last year as a member of the Baltimore Ravens. So that area of this team being a strength could be humongous as we as we look to run the ball a majority of the time maybe uh certainly as you go back to pass and you don't have that interior pressure going against chris jones twice a year a lot of really good interior defensive linemen besides that so these guards are going to be crucial to the broncos offensive success here in 2023 i couldn't agree with you any more on that i think that if like I said, if Denver's going to win and be successful this season on offense, the, the guard and the interior play is going to be the most important part of it. And you can negate maybe some negative elements of the tackle position there. I still think it's a big question mark right now in terms of the optics of it, the outlook of consistency at left or right tackle, especially with Garrett coming off the major injury he has. I think it's going to take several games for him to kind of get his feet underneath him. And we'll see if he plays on Friday against the Arizona Cardinals. We'll find out a little bit more about Mike McGlinchey as we go, but yeah, the interior offensive line has been physical. It's probably been the best part of the offensive line from a day-in basis from my observation there at Broncos camp. But we'll have you covered every step of the way. The Broncos have one more practice at the Centura Health Training Center before they travel to Arizona to take on the Cardinals in Friday's preseason matchup. We'll have you covered every step of the way. What are the storylines from Wednesday's practice? 
plus a little bit of a preview looking ahead to Friday's game against the Cardinals. You'll get that and much more on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.